Welcome to His Way. I'm Tom Reynolds, the uh, director here at His Way, and I'm glad to have you join our podcast today. I'm excited that we have a special guest with us, um, Richard Gregg, who's been a dear friend of mine for many years, um, is with us to share kind of his um, journey in recovery and his influence um, upon me and upon um, the development of His Way. Richard and I have been friends for a long time, and originally I met him through church. I was preaching, and he came to church with his daughter, and we met, and his passion for recovery really is what got me involved in recovery a number of years ago, back in the uh, mid-90s. And uh, so it's been ever since then that we've been friends and worked together, and a lot of what I know and have experienced and learned about recovery um, came from Richard. Richard gave me my first AA um, book many years ago and wrote a poem in there that I've used many times to share with others. Um, because it's been an inspiration to me and continues to be an inspiration to me. So um, I appreciate Richard being here. So um, Richard, good to have you with us. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here with you. (laughs) Um, So I want to kind of start off just with the idea, you know, we met in the mid-90s, but obviously um, you've had a journey in recovery and and towards sobriety and in sobriety yourself. So I was interested maybe just sharing a little bit about what your journey has been, how you got to um, sobriety um, yourself. Well, Tom, I don't know how much time we got, but that could take hours (laughs) and we don't have that kind of time. Uh, But I'll give you the, uh, I hate to call it highlights, but that's what it was. Okay. There came a point after about 15 years in AA that uh, I began to really question uh, why they did not recognize Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit in AA anymore. In fact, they had passed um, a rule that you couldn't even bring a Bible to an AA group. But the fact is, and from my research, which was, uh, I'd say, very comprehensive, um, my research showed that the entire group started as a Jesus Christ program. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I can prove that because I have the tapes of, with Bill uh, Wilson and uh, Dr. Bob Uh, who were the founders of AA. Uh, I have their tapes with their voice on it from 1933. And they talked about Jesus Christ and they talked about the Bible. And uh, they talked about how it started. They talked about the books that they read. One of them was Varieties of Religious Experience. Uh, I happen to have that book. (laughs) And the and I think several of the other books that they that they read. Um, what I discovered was the AA groups that uh, operate today. Well, back in the nineties, obviously, mm-hmm. when I noticed it, uh, they uh, they did not. <clears throat> recognized Jesus Christ as who he was. They did not recognize Bible scripture, um, but yet that's the way it was founded 
and that was the way it started. Now, if anybody questions that, uh, I happen to have 25 tapes. As far as I know, there's only two people that have those sets, and one of them is Ray Grumney, who restored Dr. Bob's house as a tourist attraction um, out of his uh, his own pocket. Mm -hmm. And the other one, um, well, there, there were, I don't remember his name, but there was another person involved uh, because of the money that it took to do it. Mm -hmm. um, but Ray Grumney and his wife, Jenny, and I became close friends. And uh, at one time later, a couple years later, uh, Greg Cornelius was, court, was uh, courteous enough to take nine of us up there to Akron, Ohio, where it happened. So we saw uh, and heard some of the original members. Uh, we saw what had been done. And then one day, Gray, Ray Grumney said, uh, I've got a set of tapes. It wasn't actually tapes, it was wire recorders. <laughs> because they didn't have tapes in 1933. Right. But uh, the wire recorders, uh, he had run off on two tapes. And he said, I've got 25 tapes that proves what I'm saying uh, as mm -hmm. far as the founding and how they did it. Uh, and the founding was, <laughs> well, basically they surrounded the drunk that uh, came into the program and uh, <clears throat> they would put their hands on his head and they would have prayer. And uh, amazingly, they were running at that time about 80% recovery rate. Mm -hmm. But they were still using Jesus mm -hmm. and particularly uh, using the, uh, I think it was 2 Corinthians, 1st or 2 Corinthians, uh, which verified what they were saying. Mm -hmm. And uh, the people started getting well. Well, it just so happens that Ray Grumney was a very strong Christian and his wife as well. Mm -hmm. In fact, he even traveled from Akron, Ohio to Huntsville, Alabama to uh, attend a bridge group meeting and see how we were doing it. Mm -hmm. And he was well pleased. Mm -hmm. Uh, because basically what we were doing, there was a group of us by now. Uh, I'd made contact with, uh, um, his name will come to me in a minute. I had made contact with uh, a number of people across the country that felt the same way I did. Mm -hmm. And of course I would send them the bridge group, whatever bridge group materials we yeah. had at that time. We didn't have really much material at that time. It grew, and our materials came from experience. Right, right. And so, nevertheless, the point is, Alcoholics Anonymous today has, <clears throat> well, in 1994, uh, the attendance was uh, estimated at 2.4 million uh, AA members. Mm -hmm. And there were some things that happened politically within the group, which I participated in on the opposing side. And uh, 
the bottom line was uh, they did not vote my way and uh, AA has gone downhill since. And I think today, according to the last records that I looked at, um, they were down to 1.2 million. Mm -hmm. uh, so so, and then COVID came along right. and COVID caused them because of the six foot distancing and so forth, mm -hmm. uh, they lost another 500,000. Um, well, all that suited me because it was right down the line of the AA program. I'm, I'm sorry, the, the bridge group program. And uh, from there, uh, things begin to happen pretty rapidly. Right. Let me make a comment here. I mean, um, when we met, you know, obviously you had this passion for recovery. You'd walk through recovery yourself and you were passionate about a Christ center recovery and you were concerned about um, the trends in AA away from a yes. Jesus-centered, Holy Spirit-driven yes. uh, picture of recovery. Yes. And so you came to me and I know we originally talked about the beginning of the bridge group, which was um, meant to kind of re revitalize that focus of recovery ministry. I wonder maybe how did the bridge group kind of get started? I know we well, started in the mid nineties. Yeah. How did that get started? Okay, I, I'll tell you what actually happened. Uh, I woke up one morning, actually I was starting another plastics company at the time and had arranged a loan at the bank, $150,000 to start that company. And uh, what actually happened was, and I mean, it was a miracle. Uh, what actually happened was I woke up about three o'clock or 3.30 in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I always keep a pad by my by my bedside to make notes on. And uh, something hit me about uh, how to how to correct or or begin a program that was not affiliated with AA, and uh, that be eventually became known as the Bridge Group. It was first known as His Way. And that's what's engraved on my Bible right now is, mm -hmm. is his way or, or no, the way. Right. It was the way. And uh, of course, now it's his way, which is more appropriate. Mm -hmm. And um, so I wake up at three o'clock in the morning and started writing. And my brain wouldn't stop. Uh, and I just wrote and wrote. I got up, made a cup of coffee, sat down at the kitchen table. And I wrote and wrote and wrote. Uh, and I was writing so fast that uh, I had a great deal of, of uh, problems uh, to to read it after I wrote it. Now, Well, Richard, I've tried to read your writing before. I know that's not an easy thing to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't write too good. <laughs> so, nevertheless, by about 7.30, I had finished it. And uh, I brought it to uh, you because you're the only one who could figure out how to read my writing. <laughs> and uh, I brought it to you and you looked up at me and said, this is a new recovery program. And I said, I think so. And you said, where did it come from? And I said, from the Holy Spirit. Uh, See, people don't understand the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Um, once you have dedicated yourself and you have that passionate belief, what actually happens is the Holy Spirit opens doors and paves the way and brings the right people into the program in order to make it a success. Mm -hmm. And I still believe that today, and we're talking probably 20 years ago, but I still believe that today. Mm -hmm. And uh, so anyway, I wrote it, and uh, then I started talking about the Bible and the early days of AA, and a guy stood up in the program and he said, now Richard, you know we can't discuss the Bible. See, at that time, they didn't even uh, allow a Bible to be in the room. He said, Richard, you know we, we can't discuss the Bible and uh, scriptures. Uh, and I said, well, yeah, I do know that. And I'm willing to honor that. But I'll tell you all something. And if, if anybody in this room is interested in what I'm talking about, uh, as soon as the meeting is over, I will go outside the building so we, you know, won't be talking in the AA building. And uh, y'all come and see me, and uh, I'll be glad to share what I'm talking. Mm -hmm. Well, what happened was, believe it or not, about six or seven people came outside and started talking to me. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't have time to go through the vision that God had given me uh, for the AA, I mean, for the uh, bridge group program. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> so what I told them was, I'll be glad to explain everything. Why don't we have a meeting and, uh, and discuss it? And that meeting turned out to be in a corner at Shoney's restaurant, mm -hmm. which used to be at the corner of University and uh, Parkway. Mm -hmm. And uh, now it's a gas station. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we met there. Uh, and I talked to the manager, told him what I wanted to do. And he said, normally we would not do that. But he said, I know Bill myself, which is sort of a lingo that's used in AA. Right. Do you know Bill? Well, that means you're an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. That's that basically means. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, nevertheless, we had our meeting. And Tom, if I remember correctly, I believe that you attended that meeting. Mm -hmm. And I think Greg Cornelius attended that meeting. And a guy named, uh, who works for Greg today in the in jewelry business, mm -hmm. uh, David Van Tassel. Tassel? Mm -hmm. Okay, David Van Tassel was there. There was a girl there and I, I know Nita is not the right name, but uh, anyway, she wanted to recover. And uh, so she was there. And there was a, a couple there that were elderly. Uh, and his name was Jim... Uh, Covington. Jim Covington, that's right. Mm -hmm. And his wife's name was Jenny. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there wound up to be, a, I guess, six possibly seven, mm -hmm. but it wound up to be six. So that became the actual first bridge group meeting. Mm -hmm. 
Right. So the bridge group started back then, I know, in Shoney's. I know we moved to a number of locations early on and yes. kind of developed places. Um, basically, the structure you know, of our meetings was, you know, kind of a AA style in the sense that we had, you know, we read traditions. We had kind of a, a structure that followed kind of like an AA meeting would be. However, all the content was bridge group content that you had created um, originally. No, I, I did not create it. Uh, the Holy Spirit gave it to me. Okay, exactly. Uh, because I was writing stuff. Tom, I didn't even know what I was writing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was just, you know, right. as right. fast as possible trying to get down what was in my head. Right. And I don't know why it was in my head. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I guess it was probably thinking about what that guy said. Right. You know, you can't talk about it. But I had already researched enough to know that the founding of Alcoholics Anonymous came from Jesus Christ mm -hmm. and the Bible. Right. See, in 1933, they didn't have an AA book. AA book didn't come out until 1936. And uh, so the Bible's what they used. Right. Uh, after they wrote the uh, AA book, you know, then they started using that. Mm -hmm. But what happened, I think we're probably in about the 39th or 40th edition of that book. Mm -hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's kind of funny. Everybody would say, well, this book has sold more copies than any book in history. And and that number was about 16 million. And I told him, I said, oh, let me tell you something. I said, there's 100 million Bibles a year printed in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, and, and it is true. Right, right, That's right. where Holman is and right. all, the, all the companies right, up right. there. And, uh, but, you know, the bottom line of that is AA was not interested in hearing the history and how it actually started. And by the way, that was the last, after I made that speech, that was the last time I was ever, act, ever um, asked to make a speech in AA. <laughs> it was like I, I was sort of blackballed. Right, you know? right, right. And, uh, so when we started, though, we, I know we were meeting a couple times a week, if I remember correctly, and we would have a Bible study. I know you, would, you were working more actively than obviously I was able to, and so um, I participated, but a lot of the work was done with you meeting with people during the week and you know staying in contact, phone calls, um, trying to help encourage people. That type of thing. Um, well, you... the, the first thing was to, when somebody came in, all right, the first thing was to get to know them mm -hmm. and not cloud them over, uh, clog them over the head with Jesus Christ or the Bible or mm -hmm. Scripture. Mm -hmm. uh, that would come six or seven weeks down the road, mm -hmm. uh, depending on how they had reacted to my meetings with them. Right. The second thing was to meet with their mother and daddy, uh, and those were interesting meetings. I'm sure. And the ones that still had a job, which very few did, uh, to meet with their boss. Mm -hmm. uh, and all that was very helpful. So uh, that put together a picture of the person right. and who I was dealing with, and I would customize uh, I wouldn't customize the program. The program stood on its own, but I would customize my meetings with them for their particular situation. 
because everybody comes in with a different situation. Right. You get some from jail, you know, you, you, I mean, there's it, a whole variety. You know, we're, we're talking a few hundred people mm-hmm. that that came and, and through. And uh, <clears throat> I found out that the more you knew about them, if they're honest with you, mm-hmm. and usually they're not, <laughs> you know, usually you got to right. pick, pick through it. But over a period of time, you you uh, you perceive that honesty in them, mm-hmm. and they begin to open up and really tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. And that's what you've got to have to start with. You you have to have the truth. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> that that's what I did. Right. And uh, yeah, that kept me pretty busy back in those days. Right. One of the as you reflect back on that time, what do you you know during those years of uh, being active in the British Group, what are some of the things that you just were blessings to you? You think back on how it enriched your life. Obviously, you helped a lot of people along the way, but um, how did it help you? Well, I tell you what, uh, I wasn't looking so much as it helping, helping me. Uh, that wasn't my objective to start with. Right. Uh, but it was obvious that the number of people that we had uh, in the group and how well they were doing, that, uh, I mean, you know, there, there's, there's a sense of, uh, I don't know if you'd call it accomplishment or whatever, but, but there's, a, there's a sense there uh, when you see people getting well, and you see them leaving out the drugs in their life, and you see them leaving out the alcohol in their life. Uh, you know, it's a very humbling thing. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not the most humbling. Let me tell you what's humbling. Okay. What's humbling is baptism. Okay. And when when we started, or when when I started baptizing, and 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 you were there to. To help me on my first one, mm-hmm. uh, I remember sitting down in those waders that you wear in the water. I, I remember sitting down, and I was just dumbfounded. I mean, and, and I and I, I told you, you you probably don't remember. I told you that uh, you you asked me uh, how long you're going to sit there or get up or whatever. And I said, I've got, I, I said, I said, Tom, I said, this is the most humbling thing I've ever done in my life. I said, this is better than making money. And, <laughs> and, and I was known at that time for making money. And uh, I said, I said, there's nothing that I've ever done that pleases me as much as what we just did, meaning baptism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, and that was an extraordinary thing to me, mm-hmm. you know. And and then of course, as as the the group grow grows and the uh, uh, people coming in would actually latch on to the program and and follow it, mm-hmm. uh, then we had more baptisms. Right. And uh, I'm going to tell you something. Well, I was telling the truth when I said. This is even greater than making money. 
That's the way I felt about mm -hmm. it. It's so humbling to know that you that you take a person, that an individual whose life is a wreck, a total wreck. Uh, they don't get along with anybody. They want to fight, you know. Um, you know, they got problems with their mothers and daddies and brothers and sisters because they don't understand what to... See, the, the advantage that I had was I did understand because I lived that life. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when I would talk to them, they would see that in me. Right, absolutely. And so, uh, and it was real. I mean, because I, when I was a drunk, I mean, I did everything there was, mm -hmm. you know. And these guys do too. Mm -hmm. So they knew I was telling the truth. Right. Because they had lived part of it themselves. Right, absolutely. And so that was a great help. I could have never, ever... Uh, began the bridge group without having been a down-and-out drunk alcoholic myself. Mm -hmm. It would have never happened without that. Right. So what? So what actually was a disaster in my life actually became an asset in what God wanted me to do. Absolutely, and and I and I was well aware of it. I mean, right. I knew what was happening. Right. Yeah, that's the beautiful story of redemption, right? That God can take us and use the very things that were most destructive in our lives, not only to bless other people, but to rehabilitate or transform our own. Absolutely, and, uh, that's the the power of God, the power of His Spirit, and the amazing um, gift of of His grace. Yes. Um, anyway, Richard, I'm gonna. Um, I appreciate you coming today and sharing. These well, thoughts, I'd like I'm, to talk more about this sometime. and I'm glad to be here. Um, and follow them up, because I know you, um, your teaching, my experience with you, your devotion to this has certainly transformed my life. Um, I've been able to be a part of you know, starting His Way and being a part of His Way over the last, last 14 years and plan out to be um, pretty much spend the rest of my life doing this just as you've been dedicated to it as well. And um, well, you so know, thank Tom, you for your influence. It was an interesting thing. Because when I met you, uh, you were the pulpit minister, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, <clears throat> quite frankly, you didn't know anything about what I was doing, mm -hmm. but but you picked up things along the way, mm -hmm. and somewhere in there, uh, the bug bit you, and and you, and and I recognized it, you know, because. <clears throat> You became dedicated and began to learn what I was doing and how I was doing it. Mm -hmm. And had it not been for that, uh, his way, I mean, if you had not ram ramrodded it the way you did, uh, I don't know how, how you exactly got the dedication to do what you were doing, but I recognized it. And I saw it, and I thought you were the right man to carry it on. Mm -hmm. And uh, and you have been, and you've proven yourself to be. Thank you. Well, I hope that I honor you, what you started, what, but the things we continue to do here, and I appreciate your influence. And Thank look you. forward to our continued journey in recovery. The seeds that God's sown in your life and has sown in my life 
Um, it'd be exciting to see that how that will bear fruit um, in generations to come. Um, I thank you for viewing our program today, His um, Recovery His Way. If you have any more interest in our program and want to learn more, certainly um, check out our website at hiswayinc.org.